regardless of the lifestyle and Hollywood, if he cares 50% about competing next year, you got to go somewhere else. I would demand yeah. a trade. Shaq went out there and said game speaks first, and then everything comes because of that game. Draymond has been the heartbeat of this team. Chris Broussard here, and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Up first, Chris Broussard joins Skip and Shannon to break down Rockets-Warriors Game 5 and what Katie's injury means to the Warriors. No. no. I, I feel like I'm the only person on the planet who understands that Kevin Durant was a luxury, not a necessity. They, they won the championship without him. I get it, Cleveland was hurt. They won 73 games without him. Beat of, I darn near say great Oklahoma City team. Three, beat them, came back from a 3-1 deficit. And with all due respect from Cle for Cleveland, most people think they would have won that championship if Draymond doesn't get suspended. True. So this is a great team. The last three years without Kevin Durant, let me say with Kevin Durant and no, no Steph Curry, the Warriors are 28 and 18, 61%. With Steph Curry and no Kevin Durant, they are 29 and 4. 88%. Their offensive rating, their defensive rating, their net rating, their field goal percentage, their opponent's field goal percentage, their three-point percentage, their opponent's three-point percentage are all better when Steph plays and KD doesn't. Hmm. So I, I'm not – KD is great, and this is what happened. He's a luxury, but everybody on the team sees, including Steph and Clay. Mm -hmm. oh, he's, he's better than all of us. Mm -hmm. And over time, you naturally defer. It happened in Miami. When, when they teamed up the big three in Miami, I think D-Wade thought, man, I'm just as good as he LeBron, did. right? Mm -hmm. But – and you well, begin to publicly, see – Publicly, he, he was very open about – I'm Robin, you know. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. when they first got together, I thought he was pretty open about it. I, think, I, I don't know. That maybe he right. It. I think inside yeah. right. he felt, if I'm not as good, I'm close. Right. But over time, you see practices. You I see, you realize, okay, that's true. This dude's the man, mm -hmm. and you defer. So that's what Golden State's done. KD is their best player, mm -hmm. but they defer to him naturally. But that doesn't. And in deferring, they lost a little of what made them so special. Mm -hmm. Let's face it. With Kevin Durant there, they've been great, obviously, two championships. But it's been a heck of a struggle at times. They could have lost last year in the conference finals. Cleveland just wasn't that good once they lost Kyrie. Right. It just had LeBron and Kevin Love. And, you know, so I, I look, I, I think they still win this series, probably in seven. But I'm going to give Houston the respect to think they're going to win game six and Golden State wins it in seven. So beyond what Golden State – Houston, and I know you're going to get to this, Chris Paul is not the same. I don't know if it's he's old yeah. or that well, he just, just doesn't older. get it done. Yeah, yeah older or just yeah. we've seen him struggle on in the playoffs, crunch mm -hmm. moments. We have. He's been 13.6 assists on 33% shooting the last three games. And Harden, this is, look, the last seven minutes when he came back in the game, they got good shots. Eric Gordon hit some big shots. Harden made a nice couple nice passes. Yeah. So they were getting decent stuff. But what stood out to me, 
is they were playing differently. Harden wasn't on the ball for the most part. That's Chris what, Paul had, you know what I mean? It, it wasn't like he wasn't just shooting. It was that, wait a minute. He didn't even have the ball. This is, you, you're playing completely differently than you played all season, yeah. all series, all game up to this point. That's what makes me wonder what's going to happen with Harden and CP3 in the crunch moments. Okay, before this man speaks, gut feeling on KD's injury. What, what do you think? What, what is it? How bad is it? Yeah. Somebody close to the situation last night, now I'm not saying this is right, but they were texting me after the calf strain came out, the news, that a person with the Warriors said they would be, that was in there, said they'd be shocked if it's not a torn Achilles. We saw what it looked like. Yes. But Steve Kerr came out strong. This is after I was getting these texts and saying this press, you know, it's a calf. So he was hopefully just it is. He was told that it was a calf right. strain, but he also uh, seemed pretty deflated about it. That's just me. His yeah. body language. Because he's was probably down. out for the rest of this series, regardless okay. of what it is. All right. But obviously, if it's an Achilles, now it throws everything in flux, whereas versus a calf strain. So I hope it's a calf, but gosh. It, go ahead. You know. Go ahead. Finish up. You go ahead and take not. it from here. Here's the issue I have with everything you just said about how Kevin Durant was a luxury. This year, after he won back-to-back finals MVPs, the luxury was operating like the necessity. He was. The the icing had become the cake this year because he had established himself to me, don't want to fight about this right now, but as the best player on the planet. And I believe they had all decided he is the best player on the planet because he took over two game threes in LeBron's house, back-to-back finals. And all of a sudden, through these playoffs, if not through the whole year, the offense started to look a little clunky to me. The ball, the beautiful ball movement that Kevin went there for, sharing the ball, it became Kevin or bust. And it started to impact the psyches of the two greatest shooters in tandem we've ever seen. Steph and Clay, mm-hmm. to where they began to look over their shoulder figuratively, you know, like, is the seven foot monster clapping for the ball now or not? Can, can, can I just go have, right. can I go shoot this freely? And to me, I do not believe Golden State would have won that game last night unless Kevin had gotten hurt. I'm not wishing that on anybody. I'm knocking on wood for his Achilles not being torn, but. I think it was heading for disaster just the way the Clippers game two went to disaster when they blew the 31-point lead, just the way they had lost six times at home this year by 20-plus and twice by 30-plus points because they suffer from, they're prisoners and victims of, are we there yet syndrome. After you do it so much, you say, is that enough? And at halftime, it looked to me like, and I wrote them off, uh, Houston off at halftime, because they, it looked like Golden State had reasserted itself in the second quarter and said, we are the defending champs. Watch this in our house. Right. It was 14 down at halftime, and I told this man to start the show. I am sitting on my bed because I'm about to get under the covers because <laughs> it's, it's over. It is 14, and I thought, well, I'll just watch the first couple of minutes just to see if they quickly extend it to 20 because yeah. I thought they would. Right. Nope. Um, Foot off the accelerator, and here came the Rockets on a 22 to 9 run, all the way up to that moment when Kevin made his first field goal of the third quarter, and it was 
it was one of those where give me the ball and get out of my way. I'm driving it to the baseline. I'm going straight up over Tuck, and I'm going to rip this. And he did, and he snarled when he ripped yep. it. Like, ah. yep. Okay, <laughs> here, we, here we go. And that put them back up three. three. And he took one step and pushed off, and he was like, huh? Somebody, Somebody kicked me? Yep. And I'm thinking, uh-oh. All of a sudden, karma came full circle, and just the way CP3 was lost in Game 5 last year and they collapsed in Game 6 and 7, I thought, the basketball gods just said, here, Houston, we will pay back Golden State. And what happened from that point on? Steph Curry happened. And he said, remember me, just the way Kevin said the other day, I'm Kevin Durant. Steph said, I'm Steph Curry. Do you remember that we won a record 73 games one year and I was back-to-back MVPs in this league? And he took over the game from that point forward. James actually had a nice flourish at the end of the third quarter in which he scored five quick points, but Steph matched him basket for basket to end the quarter, so it's tied at the end of the quarter. And fourth quarter, Steph just took over. And to, to this man's point, he was all over James Harden to start the show as he should have been. But it was different than James Hart. James usually goes up in flames shooting threes that brick. And, and what, what happened, instead of him going 0 for 8 from the three-point line in the fourth quarter, he just said, no, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm going to disappear. I'm going to stay over here. Now, they were doubling him hard right. every time he touched the ball. But he needed a partner. He needed somebody else to step up and save him. And Chris is, is aging to the point where he can't do that anymore. There was a time, and especially back to his New Orleans days, he would have taken over that game, yeah. but he he was not capable last night. And, and this is a different style. You Watching him, this isn't Chris Paul's game, like the way they play. Right. You know, off he's a two-guard, essentially. And, and that he he did it well last year. He's done it well at points. But this is you're not going to get the Chris Paul. Plus, you see him at times, he'll get it. They make quick decisions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times he'll get it and he wants to dribble because that's yeah. what he's used to doing his whole career. Yeah. Next, Colin Coward explains why Kyrie Irving was never a fit in Boston. Yeah, yeah, I was wrong on that Boston Celtic thing. Yeah, Milwaukee's way better. Bench is better. Stronger, longer, taller, more passionate. Uh, Kyrie Irving thing never worked. Two years, didn't work. He doesn't fit with a coach. He doesn't really fit with a roster. And here's another thing. He doesn't really fit with the city. I always thought that mattered. Michael Jordan felt Chicago. City of big shoulders. Michael was big. Oprah was there. Siskel and Ebert. Industry leaders. There's no better fit in the history of basketball than Magic in L.A. Glamour player, glamour city. Kyrie doesn't even feel like Boston. Larry Bird did. Tough, gritty clutch to Lunchpail City. By the way, Kevin Garnett to me felt like Boston. Trash talker, frugal, tough, don't get in his face, intimidating. Paul Pierce, overachiever, gritty, played defense. Julian Edelman embodies. Tom Brady has a supermodel wife. He's a grinder watching tape. Kyrie just doesn't feel like Boston. We already know he doesn't fit with his coach. We already know he doesn't fit with his roster. But I always thought it, I always thought it felt like Detroit's good teams in the NBA are tough because Detroit's tough. And the 70 Steelers, the Steel Town USA, they were tough. They may have had a glamorous quarterback. They won with defense. Dallas teams, always a little flashy with Aikman, Tony Romo, and Dak. I always feel there's a perfect harmony with the all-time great teams. They almost feel like their city. 
Kyrie doesn't feel like Boston. He's not into practice. He's not a grinder. He's not into the community. He's an ISO guy. I don't know anybody anything. He's just an unbelievable basketball, brilliant, solo act. He's very much a cappello. I don't feel the harmony. Steph feels like Silicon Valley. Duncan felt like the system. He felt like pop. He felt like family. Even after the loss last night, Kyrie just feels like he's just his own guy doing his own thing, and it just doesn't fit. Kyrie also has something I would call the number one pick syndrome. John Wall's got it. Kyrie's got it. Blake Griffin had it. Iverson had it. D. Rose. Once you're the number one pick, you see yourselves as a one. And the truth is, Blake Griffin's not a one. He's a two. John Wall's a two. Kyrie's a two. Derek Rose a two. Iverson is a one if he's willing to play well with others. But when you're picked number one in the world, to the world's best basketball league, most number one picks are not Magic and LeBron. They've got all sorts of flaws. They'll develop emotionally and physically into a better player. But there's been a lot of number one picks who were really overskilled twos. Wall, Kyrie, Rose, Blake, Iverson, and they all had the same dilemma, and it wasn't a lack of talent. They didn't play well with others. The number one pick syndrome. They see themselves elevated above everyone coming into the league. Forget once they're there. They see themselves from day one. I'm a number one pick. Therefore, I have to be a number one guy. Kyrie's not. He doesn't have the personality for it. You could argue he doesn't have the size for it. Historically, Steph Curry's a very unique scoring small point guard that wins a title. I just don't feel like Kyrie fits here. I thought he would. I thought he was kind of the, 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 the icing on the cake, the great closer. They had the coach. They had the cast. They had the closer. It just doesn't work. It's okay. By the way, not the end of the world. He's got options. There'll be a lot of bidders. Not everybody works everywhere. Drew Brees didn't work with the uh, San Diego Chargers. He worked. He Boy, Drew Brees feels like New Orleans. That's okay. Not everybody works everywhere. The first place you go is not always the best place you go. First marriage, not always the best marriage. But I, I thought even after the game, sitting at the end of the bench, sort of indifferent, I was wrong. It just doesn't work. Good news is he's got a bunch of options. Now Chris Broussard is back with Skip and Shannon to break down the Lakers' current circus after Ty Lue turns down the head coaching job. Chris, I mean, what does this mean for LeBron? What does this mean? You know things are bad when, when my friend Skip Bayless says you feel sorry for I LeBron. I do. Like, I genuinely yeah. feel sorry. You know it's so bad. He does not deserve no. this. You've said no. it probably a week, two weeks straight. Thank you. I have. This is the greatest challenge of LeBron's career. Mm -hmm. Because in Cleveland, the first go-round, you had a solid front office. Danny Ferry knows what he's doing. Mike Brown was a coach. I know they had a few guys, but Mike Brown's a good coach. Miami, obviously, you had a great front office, good coach. Cavs the second time. David Griffin knew what he was doing. This, I, I mean, when you thought he couldn't get any worse, <laughs> this is horrible. They make the Knicks of yesteryear, yeah, yeah. like a few years ago, yeah. look like, you know, the, the Daryl Morey and the, yeah, and the Spurs, and <laughs> R.C. Buford and the Spurs. Here's the challenge for LeBron, or the, the, a problem. He wants to be in L.A. 
We know he came here for basketball is one of the reasons, but also family, where my boy's going to go to high school, and obviously got great business interests. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we all make decisions based on a lot of different things. And lifestyle. It's just a great place. And so he doesn't want out. Right. So this is what I think LeBron has to do. You might get Jason Kidd, okay? Frank Vogel, who I think is a good coach, I I don't think he would get LeBron's respect. I I don't think they should bring him in, but hey, who knows what they're going to do. But you might get Jason Kidd. LeBron has said he's going to recruit. If I'm LeBron, we don't know what's going to happen with KD and the injury, but I'm I'm bypassing KD, I'm bypassing Kawhi, because I don't think those are really realistic. I'm going full in, (laughs) because you know when you get recruited, you want to know you the one I want. You're not one of three. You're not my second choice. You're the one. Go all in on Kyrie. He should be going to visit Kyrie today. Yeah. You know, give him time. Give him space if that's what he wants. Flying back. So you don't even worry about them. Don't fly back with them. Right. right. Like, go all – because Kyrie, as you said, is a number two. Now, that's not an insult. Kyrie is a stone-cold killer, closer, going to be a Hall of Famer most likely. Yep. But he's a number two, and that's fine. Okay, but and it, and I know it would be humbling for Kyrie. It would look humbling, but not. It, here's the other thing: LeBron hasn't won anything without Kyrie either. So I get it. We know LeBron's the better player. He did get to the finals without Kyrie, but you need him too. And if I'm LeBron, I'm selling it. If he does get Kyrie, I think it's a long shot. But if he got him, and I'm LeBron, when I talk to the press, I'm like, look, we a great tandem. I need him. And we find, you know, sometimes you don't realize what you, like, like, don't sell it as, you know, I'm the man, he came back to me, or don't even ignore that. Address it and be like, I need Kyrie. Y'all say he needs me, I need him too. If I can't get Kyrie, I'm going after Kimball Walker. Hard. Now, I know I felt the same way. He's not Kyrie, and maybe he's not. But this is what we have to ask ourselves. If Kyrie had never teamed up with LeBron, where, what would we think of him? Hmm. He'd be a perennial all-star, but would he win? No. Would, we might look at him just like we look at Kimba yeah. Walker. Great individual talent. At least, yeah, at you least know. Kimba got to Charlotte to the playoffs a couple of times. Right. <laughs> Kyrie never did that. With, so I'm just saying, and then I'm looking at Marcus Morris. I'm looking at Bogdan Bogdanovich in Indiana, like shooters. And, Le, and here's the final point. LeBron James, and I know Le, LeBron's a victim of knowing too much. History, because he's a historian of the game, and his own personal experiences tell you you need other stars. You need other stars to win. Yeah. Okay? He's got to divorce himself from that mentality and next year say, whatever we have, if we don't make any improvements, I'm going to war with these guys and I am all in in your body language, your attitude, everything has to say that. Because guess what? The Portland Trailblazers, without a second star as good as C.J. McCollum is, or the Denver Nuggets, without a second star as much as Jamal Murray is emerging, are going, one of them is going to the Western Conference Finals. True. So you can't tell me a healthy LeBron James with whatever (laughs) don't have a chance, Mm. especially if Golden State, if Durant leaves or is injured, whatever. He's going to have to reinvest emotionally. He's going to have to show everybody, I'm here to do this. Not that over there and right. that over there. I'm going to do this. Mm. Right. So, so that's that's so what I think. Is we good. might not get anybody, and you want LeBron. 
Well, what I, else is he going to do? Okay I mean, is he going to sulk for the next three years? I'm just saying, like, he has to. If he, don't get no, if he doesn't get a superstar, I see an Appomattox courthouse in Virginia. I see a surrender. General Lee, when he walked in, the, uh, Ulysses S. Grant said, I, we done. Come on, Chris, you know this. What's he supposed to do? What, okay, what does that Wait, mean? You, I don't even just, know what that means. compared LeBron if they, James to Robert E. Lee. No, right. I'm saying he, <laughs> if got, they, if, he gonna surrender. Okay, okay. if they right. don't get, let's say they don't get a great player. We'll get Kimba. We can get Kimba. Mother it's all right, though, to su surrender? We, 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 we'll get, we can get Kimba. Okay. We can get Kimba. Michael can't pay him two Can't pay him two No, he shouldn't. Because he damned if he do, damned if he don't. You know what I'm oh, saying? No, but we've come all the way from KD and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the guy up in Toronto down to, wait, Kimba and Marcus it's Morris still and a Bogdanovich. K I know, I know. I'm just, wow. look, we do, we do but hold on, hold on. Okay. In Milwaukee... Now, Giannis doesn't know what LeBron knows, right? He hasn't been to the mountain, yeah. kept getting yeah. hitting that ceiling without yeah. a second star. But does he have a second star? Hmm. Well, in the East, does LeBron, Toronto LeBron, have a second Le star? LeBron would be in, LeBron would be in Eastern Conference Finals in the East. Milwaukee might he, win he it all. He would be. I would agree. Le this year? Yep. I don't know. It's a different East now. Yeah. You, you mean if if he had Cleveland intact from last? Like year? if he stayed in Cleveland, mm -hmm. they basically had the same team. And by the way, you're talking about front office stability. You guys were talking about Dan Gilbert last year at the trade deadline as the executive of the year <laughs> for all the moves he made wow. when he yeah. got all the yeah. Lakers. Yeah, but you, you see how George Hill playing for Milwaukee? Right. You know what? Where was that George Hill in Cleveland, Skip? <sighs> and you Rodney said, Hood. Did you see Rodney Hood? What he did? That's why LeBron deferred to him in the, the golden moment. <laughs> he had his shot at Oracle. Man, go ahead, Skip. This year, George Hill would have made that lap. He would have went up and dunked it oh, on him. You, <laughs> he he you see him catch the lob? <laughs> George Hill was dominating. Yes, but you see what's yeah. left of the. Boston you see what I'm saying? Milwaukee doesn't have a second star. Toronto doesn't have a second star. But those two leaders are bought in. I'm not saying the Warriors Lakers well, will I mean, win, I mean, but he Middleton, has to do what you said. Middleton made the All Star team. Is that does that qualify as a like Mo star? Williams made it okay. with LeBron? Right. And Siakam seems to be on his way to making something. Okay, he he is definitely. <laughs> so here's my takeaway. Jeannie Buss and Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis have declared war, speaking of war, on LeBron James mm -hmm. because they just went through the all-time charade of trying to show that they were trying to kind of hire Ty Lue, but they didn't want to hire Ty we Lue. tried. They wanted Monty Williams, and he left them high and dry in favor of the worst team in the NBA. He chose the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. It came to this. So you lost Magic Johnson, who just said, I'm out. I've had it with you people. I'm out. And then you lost your number one choice, really your only choice for your next head coach, Monty Williams. Was he LeBron's guy? He was not. Would LeBron been okay with him? He knows him because that's He's not with paths. Clutch, but he, right, yeah, right. they would have been okay. fine. They would have been just fine. Plan B was not Ty Lue. Plan B was to charade their way around Ty Lue by offending him, insulting him with, with a lowball offer that was so bad that Ty Lufine said, seriously, I'm out. Yeah. And now you get to go to plan C, which is, I, I don't know, but, but I'm not going to rule out Kurt Rambis. I said this earlier in the no, show, but he has been a head coach in this league. and he A had, bad one. You know what his one. record is? I, I know what it was in Minnesota. Minnesota. 65 and 164. Okay. 38%. 30, 32 38? and 132 in two years. Yeah, two years coaching her team in Minneapolis with Kevin Love as We've the about star. <laughs> you know, it, it was a pathetic. But, but Kurt Rambis is 61 years of age, and his wife is now the shadow owner of the Lakers. Are, are you sure he's not being positioned as the next head coach? Because I'm not sure about that. I, no, I think it's I happening. I think you're making some sense. Yeah.
Okay. I mean, I, I thought you were, when you, said, when you said when this first happened, you said they could bring in Kurt Rambis, yep. which I thought was off. But okay, yeah. so he's sitting there on, on the back burner that could really be the front burner. And if that happens, your man has to walk in the next day and say, get me out of here. I didn't sign up for this, and I don't want any more of this. And, and regardless of the lifestyle and Hollywood, if he cares 50% about competing next year, you got to go somewhere else. I would demand yeah. a trade. Following Rick Buecher joins Willock and Wiley to explain why the 76ers need Joel Embiid to be successful. Being too hard on Joel Embiid? Absolutely not. He, he wanted this. Uh, he loves attention. Uh, I'm guilty as well. And my, <laughs> uh, my grandmother used to say, uh, once you call for attention, baby, you can't hang up. And think about it. Think about it. Once you want the smoke, don't start coughing now. Uh, yeah, right on cue. Look at you over here. You wanted this smoke, Joel Embiid, going out after everybody, you know, trolling them, clowning them, and, and doing those type of antics. Like you said, Shaq 2.0. Shaq went out there and said, game speaks first. And then everything comes because of that game. And because he came into these playoffs injured, and now he's going to leave sick, those inconsistencies and the lack of production at critical times, it's why we're on his head right now, as we should be. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a dean at the uh, University of Body Language. So, <laughs> okay. So I, I'm, I'm a little upset at some of the interpretation about what's going on with Embiid and what it means, particularly from, from our friend Charles Barkley, as he's sucking the energy out of the room and all that. Mm. I don't know, any time a guy is injured or is uh, ill of health, to determine exactly how much that's affecting him is always a slippery slope. I don't know. I don't know how he feels. I don't know how much it's affecting him. The fact of the matter is he has played. And to this point, I haven't heard him make any excuses. He has demonstrated that he's ill. There may be some indications that he's ill. But if he's not saying anything and he's going to suit up and he's going to try again, I'm going to give him that. The big issue that I have is the comparison between Embiid and Jokic because we said we happen to have back-to-back -back games where one guy wins going away and the other one gets stuffed because I don't think that that's a fair comparison when I look at the teams and how they're built. It's not even. This is a team built for Jokic to shine and to do what he does. This is not a team beat, uh, built in Philadelphia to take the dude. most that's incredible. You got to blame Philadelphia manager. They've had a process, <laughs> and he's been at the center of the process, but it's not built for the process? Actually, the process was stopped halfway through. Now, I've never been a believer in the process, but they took the keys to the car from Sam Hinkie halfway through the process. He demolished it, he got all the assets, and then they said, thank you for your service. We're going to do the rest of it. I do not like the way this team is built. And I especially don't like the way it's built around Joel Embiid. You cannot play Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid together and think that you're going to get the best out of Joel Embiid. Yeah. My issue, I guess, a good friend of mine is a minority order with the Sixers. And a couple years ago, I told him, I said, the biggest challenge you're going to have with Embiid is he's going to try to be a star too much. And that's the thing. And that's the thing I talk about a lot about that, is that he can't do that. So the process is there, but he has to... I think Embiid has to get himself in better shape, first of all. A lot of this is on Embiid. He looked good in that video, though. Oh, he right? looked ripped. When he was summertime. on stage, he looked ripped. I think, but I think a lot of it, he has to get in better shape, to me. I'm going to demand a lot more out of Embiid. Listen, 141 games, I think it is, 410 games, he only played 158 in three years that he's been there. 
okay? Some injuries you can't control. Right. But being in shape and being ready to play is something that you can control. And again, the Philadelphia 76ers had to figure this out. I, I think it's too early to kind of break it up, but they had to put more demands. And Embiid has to come in in better shape for me. Not too hard on Embiid, the criticism last night and from others. Well, no, because you, you're the star of the team, okay? Once you dress up, you say you're ready to play. Anything you do, you're going to get criticized. If you have a great game, they're going to love you to death. If you don't play well, they're going to say, that's just part of the business. Rick, the one thing I don't understand is why is it unfair? These both guys are 24. They came out in the same draft. One went in the second round. One was the third overall pick. They're playing for two franchises that hadn't had, and I know they tore it all down in, in Philadelphia. Hmm. But to see these guys and where they're at now, four years later, at age 24, why can't I compare them? Well, you can, but I feel as if a lot of this is being built off of last night and last night's particular games. If I look at Joel Embiid's overall ability, he is a better player than Nikola Jokic when healthy and without injury. He has he is capable of doing his more. His postseason numbers, ends. not just last night, his postseason numbers this year, all down from the regular season. Jokic's numbers all up from the regular season. It's not a one-off. Okay, but who is he playing against? He's playing against the Portland Trailblazers right now that have Ennis Cantor. I'm looking at a Joel Embiid who's playing with Jimmy Butler, who's a ball hog. Ben Simmons, who's a point guard who can't shoot and isn't always aggressive. And Tobias Harris, who you got through midseason and you're still trying to Is Matumbo playing center this. for Toronto? or who, who's No, who's no, no. But, but if you're asking me who's the better player, Marcus Saul or Ennis Cantor, Marcus Saul by far. And then being able to bring a Serge Ibaka, the depth that Toronto has, my great issue with Toronto actually has been that they have not been taking full advantage of Joel Embiid not being 100%. Last night was the first time where I saw Marcus Gasol and, and Serge Ibaka really assert themselves. They should be doing that throughout if Embiid's not 100%. But he's playing against far more difficult talent in Toronto than mm, Jokic I is facing know where Rick with Portland. Yeah. I mean, you know what's interesting uh, before we even go deeper into that comparison, I guess, is the fact that you brought up Shaq 2.0 and how you said, hey, don't try and be a, a star too much or too soon. Uh, it's amazing that in 2004, being out here in Los Angeles and watching them have to go through the riff of Kobe and Shaq, and they chose the younger, more stable, healthier, more invested player, hmm. but not the better player. And remember, there were conversations about, oh, Joel Embiid is untradeable if anybody is Ben Simmons. I, when I heard that, I said, they have that one backwards. Uh, you, even if Ben Simmons doesn't have a jump shot, you still got to invest in the guy who seems like his focus is a little more into this. You, you disagree? Well, I just, I, putting Ben Simmons next to Kobe Bryant as the choice is where I get a little nervous. No, it's, it's not those two, because he's not shy. I understand what you're saying, though. <laughs> but the, the, the more durable, the, young, the, the, the more consistent player more over the guy. Rick, 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 and this is more of a football uh, phrase or cliche, but mm. availability trumps ability. I get it. And, and Joel Embiid is very unavailable. And so, again, I, I think, and I, we know where you stand, but I'll, I'll start with you. I think between these two, Nikola Jokic is, I think he's the future of big men in this league. I, and trust me, it took me a while. I, earlier this year, I was laughing at the thought of even talking about Jokic on this show. Right. But I'm watching this dude in the playoffs, and there's something real here. He is a unique talent. I don't think he's the future, and I think we're going to get into this. Uh, yeah, that's but, but for me, look, I get it with Embiid. 
I hate giving up on a young player who I look at whose problems essentially in my mind are maturity issues. If, he, if you can take some of the kid out of Embiid, I look at what he's capable of. I look that he's fearless when, give me the ball, I want to attack. That's something I can't teach Ben Simmons. You either have that Let's approach or not. Let's move off Ben not. Simmons, and we're just talking about Embiid Fair and enough. Jokic. Fair enough. I, I just I look at the abilities that Embiid has, and I have grave concerns about That's not his health. It's why he's got a 35-page contract. <laughs> I'm protected. I'm protected <laughs> when it comes to that. But I would rather have when I see a guy, and we all know it. You, you look at a guy and you go, boy, he's got it. He's got everything. I'd rather look at a guy and say, he's got everything. Let me see if I can keep him healthy and get him to the finish line. Then a guy I look at and go, boy, that's nice. That's unique. And but I can't believe that he's going to leave me someplace. Finally, Sarah Cusack joins Nick and Cece to dissect the Rockets-Warriors game five. It was a little bit of everything. I think we point the, mm -hmm. the first thing you focus on is the way Steph and Clay played. And I think Steph Curry is the one guy we've had question marks throughout the course of this entire series. When yep. was he going to start being more efficient from the field? When was he going to start making shots at the clip that we are used to seeing? And so he seemed to take over throughout the course mm -hmm. of that stretch. But you mentioned the name Kayvon Looney. Like, Looney was someone who I think was so critical throughout the course of the game, some of the offensive rebounds that he had, some of the putbacks, uh, the way in which he was able to really throughout the course of that fourth quarter, because the rebound, offensive re rebounding, even Draymond Green, it forced Houston to go out of their small lineup, put Clint Capella back on the floor. The Warriors could attack from that scenario and really finding Capella, but I think overall it was just a matter of the Warriors playing with more of that freestyle, ball movement, player movement, and getting back to the championship-type caliber that we have seen and also put some of that on the Houston Rockets, too, because, yes. you know, and I know we could talk about this later, but James Harden didn't have the same type of assertiveness, mm -hmm. aggressiveness that we would anticipate. There was some turnovers on the end of the Rockets. I think you credit the Warriors' defense with that. But to me, more of it was a, a collective team effort by the Warriors and a team that is not necessarily deep. But when they needed big plays, whether it was Iguodala, whether it was Draymond Green, they guys stepped up in a timely matter. Yeah, Steph Curry was the biggest as far as not only the time that KD was out, but just the second half. KD scored 20 in the first half. Steph picked up that number 20 in the second half. What he did in the fourth quarter, it was critical because it was hard to be able to get a bucket. It was hard for both teams to be able to score, and the points that he scored, it made it easier on the other team. But a lot of coaches that I've talked to, especially in the last several years, there's a word that they use all the time, and they, they said the reason why they like training camp and the reason why they like the long duration of the season is because you're able to determine how much grit does this team have. And this Golden State team, regardless, they didn't have Boogie, didn't have KD, but through the last five years, they have developed this, this, this togetherness and grit and how we're going to fight. They are not just a three-point shooting team. Nick, you have pointed out that over these last three years, over this run, their defense has gotten worse. Mm -hmm. So even when they were offense was at its best, they were still a gritty defensive team. And that's what I saw when KD went out. Collectively, they said, we're going to come together. It's not about Clay. It's not about Steph. It's about us. It's about us rebounding. It's about loose balls. It's about all those little things that sometimes they're not on the stat sheet. That was championship 
pedigree basketball there. I'm going to sacrifice because I believe in us. And that's what, compared to what we didn't see with Boston, right. that's what we saw with the Warriors who were, um, who were outmanned. And this is where the Warriors are so unique compared to any other dynastic run in NBA playoff history where they won a championship before 35 got there. Before Kevin Durant got there. So in this critical moment, what could have been the final quarter ever played at Oracle Arena, mm -hmm. they couldn't just pull on experience of playing without Kevin Durant. The 33 games that he's missed when Steph's been out there since he's, since he's been on the Warriors, they could pull on championship experience. They could pull on, all right, hey, Clay, you here? Steph, you here? Dre, Iggy, let's mm -hmm. go. And they – and. Draymond has been the heartbeat of this team and willed this team on the defensive end. He is he has gamed the system to a degree almost where he's always so out of control with the refs that the standard to give him a technical has to be you knee a guy in the head, but he can just go crazy otherwise, and that energizes the crowd. That energizes his teammates. It energizes him. He's shooting 14% from three, nails an open three, and Steph... Before KD went out, Steph was 4 of 14, 1 of 8 from 3. Once KD went out, he was 5 of 9, 2 of 3 from 3, and scored 16 points in the final 14 minutes of the game. Steph got back to being Steph. Clay, who was exceptional in the first quarter, and then for some reason they didn't find the ball to him. They didn't get the ball in the second and third quarter. He got the ball more, and it's like, oh, it's the original Warriors, and the original Warriors beat down, I shouldn't say beat down, but they beat the Rockets in the fourth quarter of this but game. But to me, that was the only time we saw a desperate Warriors team that said, oh, we have to win. Let's mm -hmm. finally all get on the same page, not just assume that, that Kevin Durant's going to bail us out again or someone else is going to have that odd hand. You didn't have him for the fourth quarter. How about moving forward? Because it's questionable now when he comes back. Can they do this night after night? Can they play that desperate basketball? Well, they've, they've got to win one of two. And, and I think they will because of that championship pedigree, because of the way now there's no one to defer to. There's no Kevin Durant that you have that security blanket that he is going to bail you out. So will Steph Curry show up at the level that we're accustomed to seeing him? Will Klay Thompson be that hot shooter that goes on stretches, gives you buckets? I, I think it's still going to be a huge challenge. I don't think the, the Warriors now are in the clear because they pulled out this game. However, I do think it, it's kind of looking one another's in the eyes knowing what you've done in the past, having won a championship with this core group. And now this is the, the greatest test of all and the greatest test of what type of legacy are Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green going to continue to build. And Chris, you said before the show, though, a little deja vu, right? Yes, sir. As far as, far as last yeah. year, a tightly contested game five, the team with home court advantage in the series pulls yep. it out while losing one of their top two guys for the rest of the series. And the question is, can the Rockets this year respond the way the Warriors last year did? You know what I mean? The, the question is, mm -hmm. can the Rockets do what the war what they were unable to do last year? And can the Warriors can the Warriors do what the Rockets were unable to do last year, which is overcome the loss of one of their top guys? Yeah, I just believe, and because it's game six. In those 48 minutes, I believe that the overall wear and tear will have an effect on the Warriors because, yeah, they do have championship pedigree, but they don't have a bench. And there ain't no time to recover. You can't go free agency and bring in another player. They have lost two all-star players in this playoff run. We can't miss that. Like, there's no other in the, in the NBA team that would be able to survive that. And, Nick, the one thing that you said in this charmed run that the Warriors have been on, 
There's one thing they've avoided. Injury. And that's playoffs. injury. And it's coming home to pay. Same way it hurt LeBron with Kevin Love and Kyrie, it is coming home to pay. These NBA playoffs are so taxing. After an 82 game, I think we underestimate what it does to the bodies. And every year when we start the playoffs, I'm going to be like, let's watch for a significant injury. Because if the last several years, if we look at it, it has played out. You know, you cover it, you see it. These guys' body is starting to fail them. Kevin Durant, a basic jump shot. Made it, trying to run back down the court, strains his calf. So let, let's, you know, let's bake some of that into it, the wear and tear that the Warriors are going to go through and what these guys have to do in playing a game six that doesn't mean anything to them. Well, I'm also curious about the wear and tear, though, of James Harden and Chris Paul. I think that plays into it. What, Chris Paul. What, what fatigue are they starting mm -hmm. to experience at this point? Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.